Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast of In Depth with Beth and Seth, your favorite podcast from Plymouth Congregational Church in Minneapolis on the sermon. It is number one in the ratings this week. Again, what a streak we've had, Beth. This is a chance for us to talk about the sermon uh, from the Sunday before and uh, add some context and talk about where we might be taking this. And uh, it is a joy to be with you again. My name is Seth Patterson. I'm the Minister for Spiritual Formation and Theater at Plymouth Church in Minneapolis, and I'm joined today by my friend and colleague, Beth Hoffman Faith. Hi, Beth. Hi, Seth. Hello, everyone. It's always good to be with you. My name is Beth Hoffman Faith, and I am the Minister for Congregational Care and Worship. And we are talking today about a sermon preached on November 29th, which happens to be the first Sunday of Advent. We had a guest preacher, Don Samuels, who preached from Ezekiel chapter 34, uh, verses 11 through 24. The title of the sermon might sound familiar to you because it was the drum major instinct, a very famous sermon preached by Martin Luther King Jr., uh, who also borrowed that title from a minister about 10 years earlier. And it was a sermon he, the drum major instinct was preached by Martin Luther King Jr. just shortly before he was murdered, I believe. Yes, just two months before his assassination. Yeah, mm -hmm. 1968. That That is the foundation. And this Ezekiel text uh, is one that I am not as familiar with. And I am really glad to now be familiar with it, especially the the end part of it, uh, verses 20 through 24, is where Mr. Samuels really leaned a bit. And it, it says this, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. That, I think, is the center of a lot of what he was speaking about. Yes, he used that imagery quite a bit. And we should give Don a little bit of an introduction. Uh, there is a bio that's with the worship service. So if you haven't seen or heard that yet in the announcements from yesterday, Don Samuels is a multi-term city councilman. Right now is currently running a micro-grant organization. He and his wife began Northside Achievement Zone. So very active in North Minneapolis and in the community. And he has this deeply spiritual side. Uh, the reason that Don was suggested to us to, to preach for us is that he and his wife orchestrated 30 days of prayer in northern Minneapolis in July. Don Samuels himself is a graduate of Luther Seminary and also a graduate of, of Richard Rohr's Living School and is currently on the board of directors for the Living School. And that is yeah. how we got connected to him was a member of our contemplatives group also was in the same class with him at the living school and have has maintained a relationship. And, and uh, that is, I think our, the, when we were thinking about inviting somebody to preach at the first Sunday of Advent, that is how it came about was through those channels. Right. And given my role at Plymouth, I have the, pleasure of speaking with all of our guest preachers and 
I had a, a couple of really uh, beautiful conversations with Don uh, where he shared a little bit of his story and I just found him to be really centered in this understanding of calling uh, and spirit and the need for contemplative practice in this time, that it's not you either are contemplative and called to social action, but you can be both. I think that's really important right now. I think it was a, it was a real gift to have him speak with us. And he is the first uh, person, I and who knows how long, maybe ever, at Plymouth that preached a sermon from his own home. Even in this pandemic, we have uh, recorded in the sanctuary, and our other guest preachers, uh, Don Shelby came in and recorded in the sanctuary. So this is uh, another new thing. And it was wonderful to see how that could be done. I thought a, yes. a sermon from home. And preach a compelling sermon he did. So let's talk about it, Seth. All right, let's get in depth. <laughs> Beth. Did you have an initial first reaction? I did. He said something early on that rolled through my head the whole sermon. So in some ways, it was one of those things like, what were you thinking about while I was talking? Well, I was thinking about the thing you said at the beginning. And he said, you don't have to be a predator to be a problem. So for me, that was his thesis. Whether that he thought it was his thesis or not, I don't know. But for me, I heard everything through that lens. Right. And in, in relationship to the text, so what he set up for us in this Ezekiel text right away, what Don did was was to say, this is not a passage about the sheep and the goats. We hear about that in the New Testament. But this is a passage about the sheep and the sheep. And he called it intraspecies inequity. Intraspecies inequity. I love it. And that preceded the quote that you're talking about, about how you don't need to be a predator to be a problem in the kingdom. And so he talked about the big sheep, you know, the sheep with the, the strong flanks and the broad shoulders and the really pointy horns, that they get the attention. They are the ones that, as he said, always eat first. And woven then throughout the sermon was this reminder that we're the big sheep. Yeah, I've thought a lot about it. I used it. Um, I brought it back up again in a racial justice spiritual reflection circle that I led this morning as, as a means to help us think about the way that justice is done is not just by removing bullying and removing sort of objective oppression, but it's how do we as a society and individuals move through the world, butting people to the side without even really knowing it. Mm. We don't have to be a predator to still be a problem. Which ways do I move through the world eating first, not even knowing that there were other people eating there metaphorically and just sort of scattered when I metaphorically walked up. And then I have the assumption that it was just waiting for me. Right. And relating it to the title of the sermon, the drum major instinct, how we are bred really to excel, to be the one out in front that as, as Don put it, from the time we take our first breath, we begin to believe we're the center of the universe, you know, that all things revolve around us. And we spend the first half of our lives, Don said, like living into that drum major instinct where we, we want the attention to be on us. We want to be perceived as, a, as the leader, a leader. To be weak or poor is definitely to be less than. So we, we work really failed. hard. 
at at being at the front of the flock. Yeah, he he uses the name of the book, Richard Rohr's book, Falling Upwards, quite a bit in this in this part of the sermon, which is an excellent book. I highly mm. recommend it. Right, because he said then in the second half of our life, we wonder, you know, he called it, you can call it a midlife crisis, but we wonder if everything we've tried to do is just simply meaningless. And transformation comes when we begin to see that we we can be a servant and not be less than. We can we can lead from the back of the flock. Yeah. We don't always have to be the first. Um, we can be the big sheep and let others eat first. Right. Do you think it, how much does it matter that Don Samuels is in our society, a black man? He was born in Jamaica. He lives in North Minneapolis as an active there. Uh, how much does the messenger, the, the, the person speaking, impact the way that we hear this? Well, I'm glad you asked the question because it certainly has been a question on my heart since hearing the sermon and even before that. And we talked about it briefly before we began recording. I think it makes a difference. I do think it makes a difference because I think that what we, the preachers at Plymouth Church, have been trying to do since George Floyd's murder is to help us kind of see ourselves in the light of racial justice and our complicit role in it. And I don't know what kind of impact we've had, really. I think sometimes that's worked and other times it hasn't. It's really hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell. But the way Don was able to call us out in a way that was not confrontational at all. I would say that he called us in more than called us out. Yeah. He called good, us in. Good point. And also, you know, lifting up the inequities he sees in the school district. He talked about how... You know, Norman Vincent Peale preached this sort of gospel of prosperity and that financial success was the best form of discipleship, already then creating this great divide between the haves and the have-nots. And to me, it was just things, again, that I haven't really thought about. When he started talking about Norman Vincent Peale, I, I was surprised. I felt I could feel myself kind of getting a little defensive. And so and then I had to check that. But he, to me, was right on that this is what's happened to Christianity is that we have promoted the division within the, sh the flock of sheep. Is that what the defensiveness was? I need to admit, Norman Vincent Peale is a name for me. It's a name that I've heard, but I have no idea who he is really. Well, he wrote a very popular book called The Power of Positive Thinking. And he, um, you know, again, he sort of, Don named it. He promoted that, you know, if you just, it's all about attitude. And if you just think good thoughts, then you will have what you need, which in itself isn't necessarily a bad message. But when it already greatens the divide of people with whom you are called to serve. The intraspecies inequities. This, then we have to really examine that. The big sheep think that they got big because they were better at being big. Right. And the weak sheep didn't become big because they didn't want it enough or they weren't good enough. It was a moral failing or a, a want failing. Right. And the goal is to win or to be the best, to you be know, the to biggest, be the best yeah. disciple. In Martin Luther King Jr.'s sermon, The Drum Major Instinct, it's based on the gospel where two disciples say to Jesus, you know, how, how can I be the best? I want to be the greatest. And Jesus challenges them and says, what does that mean? Well, it means to sit at your right hand, sit at the right hand of God, you know, to get the glory. That means to be great. And Jesus, as Jesus does, flips that over and says, no, to be great is to serve. And you don't have to be the one with the biggest horns 
to serve. You can be small and be a servant, which is what Don said to us yesterday. And so one of the things that really struck me in Don's message was when he was sort of pointing out these inequities around like Norman Vincent Peale's message and the message of the gospel. He says, when love, compassion, service, and grace take second place to wealth, winning, and domination, the weak get scattered, the immigrant reviled, the flock divided. That's really powerful. It is so powerful. We really need to consider our goals, quote unquote, and who we are as Christian community. And that is not always a comfortable place to be. Right. And is it made more or less or both more or less comfortable because our society holds him as different, that he is part of a historically oppressed group of people. He is part of a marginalized group of people. Does that make his message more powerful? Do we hear it differently than if you were, or I or Paula were to preach the same sermon? Is there more power in it coming from his mouth and from his brain? And as much as I would like to say, no, it doesn't matter, I believe it does. And I think it also, it's about a outsider, quote unquote, someone not a part of Plymouth community coming in and saying words we need to hear. And I think the congregation ears were more open yesterday. It's the idea of prophecy and uh, prophets. Prophets necessarily must come from the margins of whatever society. Moses as the prototypical prophet of the Abrahamic religions, starting with Moses, there is the prophet always speaks to power from the side, never from the inside. While the age of prophets may have ended, there are still people who speak prophetically. And this, this, this is my language. This mm-hmm. is how, what I say. And he did that with us. He spoke prophetically to us. He said things we needed to hear that we may not want to hear that are rooted in love and godness that we need to hear. And what a gift that is. Yes, absolutely. And I also believe that if we are going to become a transformative community, we need to be the ones to also call each other in. Yeah. You're absolutely right. He was a prophet for us yesterday. But the way to change is for us in community to do the work, to deeply listen, to move outside our comfort zone, to honor one another so that we could also hear the prophetic messages we have to offer one another. Yeah. It is not his job to change us. It is his job to give us the perspective that we need to hear. And then we do the work. Yes, It's that paradox, right? Mm-hmm. Of being in, in the dominant position is that we both need to listen to the voices that are speaking prophetically and telling us what we need to hear. And they have, and it's not just now voices have been speaking up since the beginning for 400 years, those voices have been speaking up. Right but it's not their job to do the work for us. And just like you reminded us a few weeks ago, we may have reactions when we hear something we don't like or that doesn't resonate or makes us feel defensive. We may have a reaction, but what's more important is what we do next. What do we do now? This message has been a gift to us. So what do we do now? Yeah. How do we not dismiss it? How do we not justify why we don't have to listen to it? And I found there was a brief moment towards the end of the sermon where I found myself sort of saying, oh, you don't know us. So I like almost like I didn't have to listen. He said something like, you don't have to wait for the second coming. I was like, oh, you don't know the theology of Plymouth. Second coming is not part of a theology. And there was that moment where I was in danger of, of almost saying, well, then you don't know anything. Mm. 
But that that's not true. He cannot know our specific and unique theology and still have something deeply important that we need to hear and that he is true. You don't need to be factually perfect to speak truth. Right. And you don't need to know everything about the community to which you're speaking to be a prophet. <laughs> right. Mm. So what are you going to take from this going on in your week and your days? And You know, I think for me, this was... A- a call to really examine the way I tend towards that drum major instinct, Hmm. which isn't comfortable, and also how to be a servant. To me, that is a word that often has a negative connotation. And I think in the way it was presented yesterday, and as I went back and reread The Drum Major Instinct by Martin Luther King Jr., the beauty of being a servant, a servant of love, a servant to justice, a servant to mercy. That's some beautiful imagery to carry with me, particularly in this season of Advent. Mm, that's a good beginning, Advent. Yeah. yeah, that's lovely. How about you? I, what I'm carrying from the sermon continues to be the first thing that struck me, which is that sentence, you don't have to be a predator to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And it has continued to uh, in, inspire me insight into my life, into the lives uh, of people around me to the society that I live in, in the ways that we can be problems without meaning to. Mm. And I think that's part of the racial justice conversation and the anti-racism conversation is in what ways do you just accidentally knock over the weaker sheep? Not even knowing it, not even meaning to. So it's a calling to self-awareness in a way perhaps we haven't thought about before. Yeah, I found it very, very wonderful framing of something I need to continue thinking about. Well, we recommend all the sermons that are preached at Plymouth, but if you haven't yet listened to Don's message, I really hope that you will go to the church website, Plymouth.org, or our YouTube channel and take some time to absorb his words and listen to his message. You might have to listen to it more than once. I know I did to deeply appreciate it. And pass, we'd love to hear from you what people. you think. Yes, yeah. Yes, share. Talk about it. It's mm-hmm. That's the beautiful thing about a prophet speaking is we don't just sit and listen, but we then discuss it. So that is where we end today with In Depth with Beth and Seth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Don Samuels for preaching a sermon that was worth having a great discussion about. Necessary to go in depth with. Thank you to Mark Copenhaver for your editing. Thank you to Laura Caviani for the music that makes words settle. Mm. Thank you, Beth. And may we go through our week holding all of this in our hearts. Always good to be with you, Seth. Be well, friends. Be well.